All right, we are back with the fine president and CEO of H2M Architects and Engineers, Rich Human, in his spot. Final Monday of a month. News and notes building in and around the area as well. Let's get into some of the spotlights project-wise, uh, my friend. Uh, great job. Now, listen, water quality is such a massive issue we know locally. Uh, and you really, really kind of, uh, you know, you uh, underline that in uh, so many of the projects you have to. But I was reading um, where American Water Works Association published one of uh, the company's projects uh, in the Oplo magazine. Talk to me a little bit about that. Some great projects there, Hicksville and everything else in particular. But this is a very big focus right now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I appreciate that, James. Uh, so the American Water Works Association is, is really the national organization uh, that all the the professionals belong to engineering companies and water utilities and uh, all the advanced manufacturers. Uh, and, you know, they have a very strong voice. They have a strong voice on policy. They have a strong voice on public health, on establishing standards for uh, compounds in drinking water. So uh, New York State had established some new drinking water standards a couple of years ago, a uh, year and a half ago. And uh, New York State had um, you know, really put some, some challenging um, constraints in place for drinking water. So uh, a lot of the Long Island water suppliers had to really on an emergency basis uh, get some advanced treatment systems in and employ treatment systems that they did not have a lot of experience with. Uh, so we worked really closely with them. Uh, the, the project that you're referring to in Hicksville is uh, right on Stewart Avenue in uh, kind of south end of Hicksville. And it's a, uh, it's a water plant where uh, they already had a treatment place for removal of volatile organics. They were dealing with some elevated nitrates, and now they needed to deal with uh, this new compound, one for dioxane and fluorinated compounds. So really a, a great project partnership that you know our people here had with the, the superintendent and the operators over at Hicksville was great. Um, both understanding that uh, we, we needed to make sure that we were successful. That there's um, you know what I say about drinking water it's you know how I, I cut my teeth in the industry was, was designing drinking water treatment systems. You can't get it wrong. You know you you there's a lot of things in design that if they end up not working the way that you needed them to, you figure out ways around it. But when it comes to drinking water, it, it has to be right. So this is one of those projects that was right. And, uh, you know, the superintendent was uh, speaking to some of his contacts at the national level at AWWA and talked about the project so they expressed some interest. Uh, we were able to write an article for uh, a national magazine and uh, really highlighted a lot of the great work that uh, not only the Hicksville Water District does, but a lot of the, the water suppliers on Long Island have done. Uh, and you know, we, we, we always joke a bit in the industry that when people turn on the tap, they might not know where the water comes from, but they're happy that water comes out of their tap. Uh, and uh, there's a tremendous amount of work that goes into making sure that the water that comes out of everybody's tap here is uh, clean and safe. Uh, 
and, and you know, Hicksville's a leader in that. So a really great project but for them and for us. That's a great job. And considering, you know, it wasn't that long ago, when you think about it, uh, when it was revealed regarding the uh, nitrogen pollution, you know, which was essential as far as being a massive flag in order to fix, you know. Uh, and that wasn't even that long ago. So, thus, the emphasis on what companies like HOM is doing right now, you know, is, is fantastic because, you know, you go back 20 years, this was not even a thought process, you know, Rich, when you think about it, as far as water quality on the island. You know, nobody ever would have thunk yeah. as far as having any issues. But, you know, we read about the plumes and everything else, Calverton, Grumman, and everything going on there. I mean, they, these have been massive problems that have come up in recent years, you know? They are. They are, are massive problems. And we're going to continue to deal with these legacy issues on the island. And, you know, there's, there's two main... Uh, main challenges. One is the, the drinking water side, where everything we do up here on land eventually will find its way down into the aquifer. So we have to be prepared for that and deal with that. And then you've got, you know, specifically in Suffolk County, where the majority of the county is still unsewered, and you know, people have been using cesspools for decades. A lot of the the consequence of that is. Uh, you know, impact to our, our surface water bodies, uh, and that continues to be a significant challenge. I know Suffolk County has a, a laser focus on it and is working on a number of projects that are in uh, contribution areas to, you know, some, some rivers and some estuaries. But those those things are they're never going to go away. Uh, they, they need to be monitored and, and properly reacted to, and, and I completely agree with you. This industry 20 years ago, uh, you know, you, you made sure that, uh, uh, you know, when people were drinking the water, you, you, there was no bacteria in the water, and that's pretty much what you had to deal with. And the water wasn't too aggressive, so you adjust the pH of the water. That was it. Uh, today, the, the needs for providing clean drinking water are, are more challenging. Uh, they're going to continue to be more challenging. We're going to continue to look for more things, be able to analyze. The industry now analyzes down into uh, parts per trillion, uh, and you know, that's uh, a drop of water in 32,000 swimming pools. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a, a never-ending challenge right now, and, and we're, we're right in the middle of it. I'm glad we are. Uh, the team here is so committed to making sure we, we work closely with the industry, uh, but as I said, the challenge is going to continue. The challenge is there, and you are living up to it. No question. Rich Human with us. Uh, HO Architects and Engineers, of course. Uh, also, reading about the Fires Magazine awarding the Waterford Fire Station a silver medal. That in the Volunteer Combination Fire Station category, ninth Annual Station Design Awards. Uh, good job there. Tell us about the formation of that, my friend. We've got a, a great team here that are experts in programming and developing and, and designing uh, emergency service facilities, uh, specifically uh, firematic facilities. And we've been doing projects all around the country. Uh, we've got uh, some core people here that are nationally renowned experts. Uh, so we've done projects in 
go Colorado, Nebraska, Canada. And the, the, the core of this group originated in our Albany office. Uh, they were part of an acquisition we made five or six years ago. So you know, we're able to bring an expertise that uh, I don't think a lot of other firms of our kind has. So you know, this project that we designed for Waterford, in these communities, as you know, you know, we might look at it as just the next design for these communities. There are things that they have been thinking about and planning for for a decade. Um, so when, when we get involved, we've got to work really closely with uh, the leadership and the emergency response personnel to make sure that we get it right. Uh, and the group that designed this project in Waterford got it right. And uh, I know the community is, is really happy with the project and, and how the project went. Uh, and... We, we do we do a lot of them here on Long Island. We're finishing uh, building one in, in Mineola, as an example, working in Massapequa and, and some other places. But understanding that it's another thing, you know, you, you talk about 20 years ago with the water industry, even today with um, fire stations, the new apparatus, new technology, the new systems, new equipment, so many fire stations are, are unfortunately antiquated and their ability to house and support all the equipment that emergency personnel need. Uh, so, you know, those, that's another thing that most people don't understand or, or even think about, yet those that have to respond to fires and respond to emergencies, you know, it's literally every second counts. Uh, and it's another place that HSWIM has found a really nice spot to be able to support our clients in a way that allows them to be successful in, in how they support their community. Yep. Uh, very important, very important stuff, what's uh, happening over there. Uh, and these firehouses, you know, we have seen a lot of dilapidated buildings uh, being refurbished. A lot of it goes to a vote, a lot of money involved, but you're doing your part without question. Um, talk to me a little bit. Let's, let's start with um, HIA and everything going on there. We always say the engines of this country, folks, Silicon Valley out west. HIA, as far as what's happening here in the East, on our very own locale of Long Island. So give us an update as far as everything going on, businesses, whatnot, economics, post-pandemic, where we stand (laughs) and everything else. How would you kind of see overall where we're at regarding the association? Yeah, I'm really moving in a a, a healthy direction, Jack. I I, I think we've as we've moved through the last couple of years, we've always felt that, okay, here we go. Now we can springboard forward. Um, 2022 was another challenging year, I think. However, a lot of the things that we had to continue to deal with as we moved through the pandemic, the organization did a great job of addressing. I think is really kind of toned and fit and, and prepared to move forward. The, uh, you know, the fact that we've gone through and, been able to restaff ourselves. Uh, you know, Terry's really brought on some, some, some great staff, uh, you know, over the last 12 months, which is, is really going to help her continue to uh, influence us as a region and support businesses and economic development. Uh, got a number of task forces that we are really successful in and uh, going to be developing some others. And what's, what's to me, so impressed about the organization is that 
at, at least as part of, of our conversations, whether or not these things actually turn into initiatives for us, constantly looking to evolve and enhance and provide, and provide more value. And I, I couldn't say the same thing for every organization. I know there are some great organizations here on the island, but you know, because I'm, I'm intimately involved with the Baptist HIA, uh, I can see that there's, there's, there's really, you know, there, there's no complacency there. And there's always a challenge, you know, what can we do more? How do we support our membership more? How do we make sure everyone that needs to know about the importance of manufacturing, the importance of, you know, developing high-tech businesses on Long Island, uh, and, and they're a leading voice there. Uh, so I, I feel as though we've, we've done a really, really nice job in 2022, and I think that the organization is going to continue to grow and thrive uh, next year. So uh, really good outlook, I think, for that. And I think for a lot of the, the professional organizations and the business organizations here on the island, I feel a lot of the same is, is happening. So it's a good sign for the region. Uh, and I think that we should all be optimistic about how uh, we're going to move into next year. And that is the key, looking ahead and prospering, no question. I mean, let's face it, we had a contentious election, and one of the big topics was the economics. You know, a lot of ple- a lot of people are fleeing the state. We know that. It's expensive, the taxes and whatnot. People are very dissatisfied in a lot of different areas. How does that kind of put in play here regarding businesses, in your estimation, Rich? You know better than anyone. People that want to stay here, people that might be drawn to come here, uh, you know, New York once had the aura as far as setting up shop. I don't know if it does anymore. It's going to take some time. But where would you say we are at as a society from the economics about thriving business-wise and everything else here? You know, it's interesting. The, uh, the fact that now when, when, you, when you consider the election, Long Island um, had a clear perspective, I guess is the best way to say it, and Long Island's perspective is very different than New York City's perspective right now. And if you would go back you know, five, six, ten years, the, the synergy that we all believe had to be in place between Long Island and New York City is critical. Critical for businesses to thrive in the city where uh, a lot of their talent pool resided on Long Island and a lot of the benefits that Long Island businesses had because of the proximity of, of New York City and I, my sense is that it's, it's, it's diverting a bit. And whether that's a short-term diversion or something that's going to have a little more longevity to it, it's interesting to me that, uh, and, and I'm sure that the ability for companies to really embrace their remote workforce is, is a fundamental piece of this. But uh, we, we, need to, we need to thrive on our own as a region. Uh, and make sure that the things that we're doing are are committing ourselves to our region, relying on ourselves to be able to drive business, drive economic development. I believe that the uh, the, the government commitment locally to the business on Long Island is is, is great. Uh, I wouldn't say the same thing about New York State's commitment, uh, although on the 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 uh, maybe operational level of that, there's engagement, and we're able to, to talk to people 
at the state level to, to, to get them to hear some of the things that we believe are necessary to help us uh, drive business uh, and, and make sure that we grow as a region. But I think we need to have some more things in place. There's no doubt that a lot of the federal dollars uh, coming through New York State to Long Island is going to continue to help us. So that's more of um, you know, one-shot opportunities as opposed to sustainable opportunities. So we'll see how that's going to work. Um, so it's, you know, to me, I, I, as a business leader, I think all of us need to just really continue to have our eyes really open. And our, and our minds really open and be able to continue to, to be adaptive and to, and to be nimble. I think any, any successful business needs to continue. We've, we've had to do that since the pandemic. We're going to continue to have to be really nimble. And uh, as things happen, uh, react properly, be proactive where we can, but at least react properly. So it's a really interesting time, I think, right now. And uh, I, I wouldn't have sent such a distinction between where we are here as opposed to maybe where the city is, but it's going to be an interesting thing to see uh, how it unfolds. Out of a pandemic, we've reached the end of, as far as another year, and I think a lot of people are going to welcome 2023 like never before. Uh, Topsy-turvy, contentious elections uh, in and around, a lot of division. Uh, in and around as well accomplishments uh, you know we need to get on the same page we need to figure out some things uh, as a country I think that'll help the cause in a very big way the only way to do that I think is to get a fresh slate and I think you're going to have that in a lot of different areas right now Uh, so you know it's kind of a wait and see approach but you know you mentioned the state and everything else but locally locally you feel good though it seems, uh, you know, about businesses and everything else. You know, you look at the unemployment numbers, they're low. Look at the jobs added uh, into into many of these businesses in and around the island. You know, they're setting some good standards here, but you are very confident going forward these trends will continue, huh? Yeah, there, there's no doubt to me. I would say that the, the first half of 2022 had, uh, you know, had continued challenges in, in finding talent, so recruiting and, and retaining is still a major issue, uh, or at least a, a major concern. And, and as we move through the second half of this year, it's improved. You know, we've we've been much more successful in the second half of this year, finding good talent, hiring good talent, and and retaining people. That's always a very positive sign for the region. Uh, in as I'm going through a planning process for next year. I, I believe there's going to be a lot of opportunity, a lot of opportunity to grow from a business perspective, to be able to grow from a people perspective. And you know, that a lot of that, uh, again, has to do with the, um, the, the response to the pandemic in terms of making sure we are you know, committing to not allowing the economy to slide too much, making sure that we continue to thrive, and, and you see it. So as we move ourselves into next year, in a number of the different markets that H2M performs its, its service work, uh, they're all going to be growing next year. So, you know, it, 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 for us, it, a lot of it is, is based on a lot of diversity we have from a business perspective, where we do a lot of different things in a lot of different marketplaces, and that's always helpful. Um, but we see a lot of the market stuff 
starting to line up and all have growth potential, uh, it's really going to come down to our ability to hire people next year. Uh, and I feel as though we could be more successful in hiring, uh, you know, we could have a, a really good growth year next year. And that's, so I'm, I'm optimistic there. Well, that'll be the big barometer. There's no question. That'll be the big barometer because you know it's you know we talk about post pandemic, but now you get a full, you know, a full throttle approach since time will have elapsed, and that will really be the test of time, I think. So, you know, from an economic standpoint, especially locally, uh, you'll be able to really gauge here. Now, a couple of minutes left. Let's go over some of these projects. Ronkonkoma Hub. What's happening out in the Hamptons? Nassau, uh, in and around where we're at with the airport and everything else. Uh, how? much is excitement as far as it's being uh, gauged right now with some of these projects, Rich. We read about them periodically. Maybe you could tell us in full as far as, you know, you want to start from the West. You know, we saw the UBS, you know, kind of come to play. Islanders in and around that area thriving. Uh, full second season in play now. That area really being built up. Belmont, the Belmont area. Uh, tell us about that, and then we'll kind of further make our way to the east. Go ahead, my friend. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that in general, you continue to have a lot of alignment between various stakeholders. And even though there are always going to be some, some obstacles, people that are embarking on major developments understand the, the critical nature of embracing local communities. Never, It's never easy. And, you know, you and I have been talking uh, for, for years about the fact that change does, does not come well, and although it's necessary. So when you take a look at the places that are committed to economic growth and development, they're all thriving. Now. And communities that have resisted that are all suffering. And you can go around the island, you can take a look at the downtowns that uh, are, are, are relatively vacant versus the downtowns that have a lot of energy and, and are, are really, you know, engines for, for you know, their towns and, and their cities. So, the, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, UBS as an example, and, and as you move east and, and you go to Uniondale and, and the hub there and, and you know, some of the major developments happening in Hempstead and things like that, uh, they're all extremely positive. But, you know, they all have their their obstacles to overcome, uh, elected officials, I believe, are very aligned with the benefit, more broadly speaking, uh, but they also need to make sure that they are listening to their constituency uh, and, and finding balance in it. So you, you, you want to try to commit to compromising as best you can to you know, understand you know, the needs of all the stakeholders, and more and more here... The, you know, the ability for us to find balance is, is much more positive than it has been in years past. Fundamentally, that's the reason why we're able to move some of these major developments forward. Uh, otherwise, if the, if the small majority is able to be overly heard, then these kind of developments don't move forward. And you see it all over the place. And the fact that our elected officials continue to be committed, I think, is, is great. Uh, they continue to be able to employ the, the, the fortitude and the will necessary to move 
project code at the end of the day. They've got to respond to people, and they do. Uh, and they do it in a way where they, they understand the interests of, of all sides, and they also understand the vision of their community, and that's a critical piece of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm optimistic there, too. Uh, I was driving into uh, into the train station at Ron Thompson in the city to, to visit a couple of times over the past week. The, the uh, continuation of the hub out there, is, it, it blows my mind how quickly they are building out at, at the hub. And I think that and, and hopefully the, the Midway project, uh, you know, find some clarity in, in its vision and what it's going to be. That's going to be, to me, a, a true new center of the island once it's done, uh, from what I've seen. And that's really going to transform us as a region also. And it's going to provide more opportunities out east, which I think, you know, again, given the right balance, is important for us as a region. So lots of good stuff there, Jay. And, and again, I, I think we should be optimistic that our, our you know, government officials, our, our major developers all understand uh, that it's necessary and that there is a way to go ahead and get these things accomplished. Knowing that you are behind uh, the controls in so many different an area, you know, we mentioned the uh, the charity uh, stuff, which is just incredible what you guys do. And, of course, uh, the economics, the continued uh, growth uh, post-pandemic and everything else. I'm looking at 23 has been a really good year. And knowing that you are behind uh, the mindset of many a project um, as far as being directly involved on the outskirts and whatnot, but they, you're still there. Uh, you can't lose in my in my estimation. So tremendous job uh, and a uh, uh, great discussion, my friend. I look forward to having you in December. How's that? That's great, Jay. I appreciate it. Appreciate it all. Rich Hewen, ladies and gentlemen, fine, fine CEO president. We're talking H2M architects and engineers. H2M.com, remember, they're hiring year-round. H2M.com backslash careers. All righty. Uh, without further ado, let's uh, get to our pal, Mr. Richard Yeoman. Happens to run the show, one of the great companies uh, that have existed about 90 years, give or take, ladies and gentlemen. H2M architects and engineers looking for of its kind to go to the website. Been telling you all along, H2M.com, they hire year-round. Looking always for the next professional in the field, uh, a college graduate. Uh, just go to the site, H2M.com backslash careers. A tremendous company, a tremendous guy. And Mr. Richard Yuman, sir, how are you? Welcome. Good morning, Jay. Happy little Thanksgiving. How's everything? Is is good. Restful weekend, my friend. Hopefully you too. A couple of things, though. I know you're a massive soccer fan. I want to get to the World Cup, what you think there. And, of course, your Jets uh, with the right move. It really was the right move. You know, you take out a Zach Wilson, you bring in this Mike White. We saw revelations from him last season. And uh, that has continued. Yes, and now listen, albeit the Bears, uh, Jets yeah. got the seven wins now. It was a great performance. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, it's like Groundhog Day bringing in Mike White. He, the first game that he, he got a chance, um, killed it. So he killed it again. I, I'm, I'm Obviously, I'm glad the Jets won. And they've got a lot of talent on the team. Uh, I'm just I'm concerned in general. That um, you know, my Jets have a tough time developing quarterbacks. I'd hate to see um, you know, exactly the latest casualty. Uh, so you know, I'm happy they won. 
he played great. Mike White did what we wanted him to do. Uh, but I'm a little concerned, yeah, even though that's definitely for most concerned. Um, I thought it was the right move, and I said that because of where they're at right now. You're 7-4. and four, You're on the uh, precipice as far as postseason play is concerned. I thought it was the right move. I mean, you got to buy wins here uh, somehow. They had to get one yesterday. Now, listen, if uh, Wilson's yeah. the quarterback against the Bears, they still might have won the game. I, I just felt, uh, based on the performance we saw against the Patriots a week ago, uh, it was the right move. seemed like Zach lost his way in a big way and needed to kind of think about it. And I thought Saylor did the right thing by benching him. Um, But, you know, let's see what happens. you got the Vikings next week. Uh, We shall see. But I thought overall uh, a very, very good performance. Now, World Cup, this is your your deal here. You're a big soccer guy. um, And they played some some tough matches. Now, it comes down to winning against uh, Iran, who, you know, showed a little moxie as far as their, their game. Uh, from a couple yeah. of days ago. So, in essence, you got a winner go home here tomorrow afternoon, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's. It, um, I think they'll beat Iran tomorrow. Um, they played great against England. I have to say, um, England is fantastic. And what's really interesting about watching England play is you could tell that all their national team players play in the same league because they were tactically so tight and, and, and together. The U.S., I mean, athletically, A-plus, work rate, A-plus, commitment, A-plus. Uh, we have some really talented players. We put them in better positions for goals. And, uh, you know, that the Garrett penalty kick could come back to hurt us. Totally outplayed well. That was a tough tie. Um, but, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm really optimistic. I think they should be extremely confident on Tuesday. You know, but the big name plays need to step up. Christian Pulsic needs to step up. Uh, McKinney played great midfield. Lucy played great midfield. These guys need to step up and just, you know, do the job. It should be uh, very interesting. Uh, and it'll really kind of, you know, take a temperature gauge here of what this team is all about tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock uh, when everything is on the line here. Listen, uh, I, I think they will prevail in a very big way. Uh, I tell you, it's been a good tournament. You know, I don't know if I was going to get into it as much. Uh, I have. Whenever I'm in front of the set, I will turn it on. I was out and about yesterday. In the background, I was watching Croatia just dismantle Canada. I mean, that's a team to be careful of. Four to one, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so um, now is when, you know, the knockout round and everything else, this is where, you know, the round the 16 and everything else, everything on the line. Now the fun really starts, you know. So, and it yeah. starts tomorrow. It really starts tomorrow with the U.S. of A. So um, we shall see, my friend. That's going to be a lot of fun. Look for it. Look for it. You know, for yep. the, uh, the people that, that uh, you may not know how the World Cup works, we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, so it's been eight years. You know, these these players, they're so uh, they're so dedicated to playing for their country that um, there's the the, pre- the pressure that is going to be part of the game tomorrow is going to be significant. And I think uh, you're going to be able to tell: are they going to be desperate? Uh, are they going to be relaxed and just and let the game go? Uh, that'll I, I think you're going to find out early on in the match um, where their heads are at. I could see themselves. 
I hope they don't put too much pressure on themselves. I can see that tends to be the issue. Uh, and that could be a problem. If they don't beat themselves, I, I think they're going to And they're going to really have to take the offense, take some chances here, put a little pressure uh, on Iran, the goalkeeper. Um, and they're going to have to come out firing here. The one thing you don't want to see is, you know, kind of a malaise, a little back and forth, nil-nil, you know, halfway through. You know, you've, you've got to come out and take the offense uh, by storm here, I think. you got to take some chances. I think you'll see that. Yeah. And they know what's on the line here. They don't want to go home. Especially, as you point out, very good point. You know, they were not present last go around here. So uh, we shall see. What is present, though, is your company. I tell you, uh, I've known you a long time. Turkey drives, Christmas coming up, toys, kids, uh, you know, doing the right thing. This year uh, was really accentuated as far as the struggles and whatnot. A lot of families out there. But you guys did your part. I was reading. You know, 700 turkeys donated. I mean, that is an extraordinary amount of, uh, of turkeys. Uh, you know, uh, charities, uh, Island Harvest uh, in reading. I mean, you guys did it. Uh, and you guys do it every year. But this year, uh, Rich, it seemed like the company just really, uh, you know, was, was over and above. It really was. Tremendous job. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that today. Um and it's all about the people here, really. Uh, you know, one of my partners, uh, Joe McCullough, you know Joe, he's, he's a very passionate, emotional person, extremely committed to charities. And, you know, he's true down. So every year we've been doing this, we try to up ourselves up by 50 or 100 turkeys. So last year we did 500 turkeys, and he threw down a challenge to hit six hunts, and as he said, we hit 700 turkeys. Um, and it was it was a, a full team effort, man. There were turkeys coming full, and you know, added to that, uh, they're not as easy to get. Uh, they're a little more expensive right now. But you know, to your point, everybody understands that there are a lot of people in our society that are are continuing to struggle. Uh, they struggled before the pandemic. They're continuing to struggle um, as, as you know we, we moved away through the last and a half years uh, and they they need as much help now as, as they, they ever have and I'm really proud of everybody here that contributed in whatever way and, and whether it was you know, getting the six things we had you know, one of our managers here uh, you know committed to you know, donated $200 if, uh, if his group would bring in the most turkeys and they did uh, so uh, you know we threw another $200 onto the, uh, the, the donations that went to Island Harvest to feed the hungry. Uh, just really, and not only, you know, yes, we did it here, but as, as you know, we've got uh, nine offices, and all of our offices did a fabulous job. They all committed to local charities, did the legwork, identified where the need existed, rounded people up, and got whatever donations they could and delivered them all, uh, you know, the, the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, it was a Super event, Jay. Really, really great event. Tremendous job. You do it every year. You know, like I said, this this time uh, when everything is is out there, a lot of these pantries are short. Uh, you know, and it just seems like you guys do this every year. You step up, 
and uh, and everything else. Tremendous job. And then we got, you know, Christmas right around the corner here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you're going to have some incredible uh, events. Uh, I read on one, I think it's December the 9th, where uh, good old Santa is coming to your company. Yeah, talk to me about that. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's fun. We, uh, we always do a lot of, a lot of little things here just to continue to raise money and we raise the money for the success. We will have, uh, we'll have Santa visit and all the employees get to bring their, their young children. They, uh, you know, they get to sit on Santa's lap. They get a gift. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, for, for those of us, you know, our kids are older. Our kids aren't sitting on Santa's lap anymore, but we all remember what that was like. So, you know, when I get a chance to see uh, a lot of the young children, just eyes wide open, so excited to see Santa to get a gift, it, it really makes you think about you know, what it was like when your kids were was coming up. And another and all you know, commitment here, people just. They take leadership roles and putting these, these kind of um, events together for us. So it's, I'm really looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to Santa. I might have to wait until December 25th, Jay, but uh, maybe it'll be something surprising. I don't know. Well, listen, you guys uh, you guys get it done this time of the year. This is uh, you own this. So, you know, you guys really get it done as far as these charities. And we commend you for that. Um, so, I was right. I mean, it's about 90, is it 90 years, 90 years next year, right, for the company? Next, next year will be 90 years, yep. Wow. 1933 to 2023. Now, listen, you've been an incredible leader, um, and Rich is not that old, full disclosure here. He did not take over the company, <laughs> nine, did start the company nine decades ago. What has been the secret as far as longevity and everything else? Now, you're in an industry, you know, that really kind of propels itself regarding growth, economics, and everything else. But what's been the overall, uh, you know, secret? What's the secret sauce involved for staying staying alive so long here? I, I think fundamentally, Jay, it's, it's making sure you you stay committed to your values as an organization. For us, we, you know, if you look into any of our offices, we have something called the H one way. And in essence, about always trying to do the, the right thing. So you, you build reputation, you build uh, a, a brand that people know and trust and, and understand. And in this kind of an industry where you know, the work that we do is fundamental to, to you know, growth and prosperity in our society. So we've got a really nice place uh, to, to make sure that we can sustain ourselves yeah, but other firms have um, maybe taken different strategies for their business, and uh, you know we maybe could have made some different decisions along the way and grown quicker and got into different things. But uh, we will take some risks, uh, and we'll be smart about the risks that we take. But we never take risks if it doesn't align with our our mission, our vision, our values. And I'm, I'm it was like that before. Clearly, for me. Uh, you know, I I'm now in my my tenth year. Uh, so I'm going to be going into my eleventh year next year as the CEO here, and uh, I, I really had the fortunate 
benefit of being able to shepherd the company forward and you know, put my own uh, you know, influence on it. But um, when you take over something that is already really well respected and has a great reputation, uh, you can you can damage it, um, or you can you know make sure that it's it's enhanced and you can do more with it and. I feel that's been the last decade for us, and, and I think we're going to continue to do that same thing as we go our way towards 100 years in, in another decade. You know, sometimes that is the uh, the toughest thing as far as uh, carrying on great traditions, you know, um, as far as companies. You uh, getting into your 11th year, I mean, you've done a remarkable job. You know, we're doing this thing as long as almost you're involved uh, in running H2M, and I've known you since day one. Uh in here, basically, and you've done a hell of a job, I'll tell you that much, really. Uh, tremendous job. And even more so impressive, uh, from what I was reading, is uh, the team there uh, has won the juror's favorite award in Canstruction Long Island. <laughs> Canstruction Long yeah. Island. <laughs> Pretty good competition. Yeah. You know, we talked about this, I remember, from years past, but tell the folks, update us as far as what transpired here. Yeah, so, so Canstruction is... Uh essentially a, uh, an architecture engineering industry uh, event where companies like ours get together and build structures that have certain themes and deliver certain messages out of food camps. Um, and we've been part of this organization uh, since its inception here, really a, a leading company on the island that, that participates here. And what's so cool about it is we have a, a team of young professionals. They get together. They discuss and debate what do we want to build. Once we decide what we're going to build, then they work together on designing what the structure is going to look like. Once they get the design set up, now it's about what it's going to look like. And, and all the colors need to be represented by who can. So they all go shopping, they, they go online, they take a look at, you know, where can I get a certain tomato paste or a can of soup? Uh, so we built uh, uh, Mario, and yeah, it won the juror's favorite. Uh, I, I think that's what I understand, um, a, a highly sought-after award at, at the annual construction. So I know the group was thrilled. I was at another event, so I wasn't able to attend it. So over at... Um, uh, RxR um, Uniondale, and the, um, the team kept texting me, and the, the jurors vote comes up at the end. So as they're uh, recognizing companies, either you're going to win the jurors award, you're going to win nothing. <laughs> so the pressure kind of built on them, and uh, and they ended up winning the jurors uh, choice, which was just great. So I appreciate you bringing that one up, Jay. That's another nice one, and and again. Uh, all the companies that participate do a fantastic job. All the food goes to a number of different food pantries and, and shelters here on Long Island. Uh, and construction happens in a lot of places beyond Long Island. But here, it's um, it's a very uh, kind of sought after uh, competition, and uh, it's all it's all good, all in fun, but uh, really helps us continue to support the causes that we have here and it seems as though fighting hunger is a big one. That is the key and you know when I read this story and the incredible sculpture of Mario 
you know, I forgot about Mario, you know, the game and everything else. I was thinking Senator Matera, but what do I know? Uh, <laughs> who's, who's done a tremendous job up in Albany. Does he warrant a canned sculpture, though? That's the big question. Uh, we will have the senator on, by the way, this week. Uh, but great job there, my friend, and all for a, uh, a wonderful course. Now, we're going to get into a lot of the spotlighting as far as accomplishments and everything else. Uh, with Mr. Richard Newman, the fine, fine CEO and the president of H2M Architects and Engineers. Rich.